music is groovy and makes you feel happy like an old time movie. I'll tell you about the magic and the free of soul, but it's like trying to tell a stranger about a rock and roll. Believe in magic, don't bother to choose if it's junk and music or rhythm and blues. Just go and listen. Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at Podcorn.com, Jessica. Oh, I like popcorn. It's not popcorn, Jessica. It's Podcorn. P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. But they still make popcorn, right? They do not. I don't think that they make popcorn. Um, They may enjoy a tasty treat of popcorn. But podcorn.com, Jessica, is a a website that can help podcasters like us, uh, burgeoning podcasters uh, like us, secure uh, sponsorships for their podcast. Oh. And so they are sponsoring our show today to help get the word out. And uh, we will give you a little bit more information about them later on in the show. We wanted to say thank you to our friends at podcorn.com for sponsoring this episode. Can we still get some popcorn? Probably not from them, but we could probably get it ourselves or have one of these interns running around get it for us. I like it when you make it. You always like it when I do stuff. <laughs> Why don't you ever you, do anything? You do it good, and if I did it, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> that's That's your way of... I've already told the girls that you're making us kettle corn when they come. That's your way of complimenting me into making me do more stuff. <laughs> like, but nobody does it better than you. Well, it's just me and you here. So, and you do it better than I do. So, yes. Nobody cooks. You, you cook dinner better than I do. I think you should keep doing it. Yeah. See? Yeah. You're a pretty smart cookie. Must be why you're a Ravenclaw. And it works well because I'm the Hufflepuff. They'll just do anything to keep you happy. So before we get into Chapter 16, let's fin- uh, recap what happened in Chapter 15, the Quidditch final. Hermione was getting overwhelmed by everything going on at school, her workload, the bad news about Buckbeak's trial. She's missing classes. She's storming out of classes. And she slaps the mess out of Malfoy. Yay! So one, was... one good thing yeah, did come from that last Hermione's breakdown. And after an ugly Quidditch final full of fouls and dirty play, Gryffindor wins the final match, wins the Quidditch Cup for the first time in a long time, and we end on a happy note for once, Jessica. Yay! Because I told you, 95% of these chapters in this saga are going to end on a sour note. Oh no, Dan, this is this is the turning point. We're, we're turning things around with that last chapter. And I thought you were right about that, and then until I read chapter 16, <laughs> Professor Trelawney's prediction. Um. So, in the beginning of chapter 16, Harry's still walking on air following the Quidditch Cup victory. The weather is getting nice as summer, appro- as summer approaches, but everyone is stuck inside studying for their various finals, aren't they? Uh, no, they're doing revisions. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Does yours stay, say studying? Because mine still says revisions. I, I don't remember. I just, I just, my mind automatically just changes it flips to all the all the British stuff to English stuff. I have a, a British to English uh, conversion app downloaded into my brain. Sweet. I went to the Apple Store and got it. Oh. Yeah, they just write in your brain. 
Amazing. Put it, put it right in there. Technology so, is when people amazing. call me a wanker, it, it uh, comes just... up as it's something totally different. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, everybody is uh, doing revisions, getting yes. ready for these various finals. And Hermione... Even Fred George. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? They're studying. Man, must, must be serious. <laughs> if, they are, uh, take, if, if they are taking the finals this seriously. I was going to say taking time out of their busy schedule to study. Hermione still has multiple finals scheduled at the same time, Jessica, and still won't say how that's possible. They're just... Just happen to be at the same time. Okay. Totally normal. Totally normal. Two finals at 9 o'clock, two finals at 1 o'clock. That's what time they are. She just wrote down the schedule. Buck, she doesn't make the schedule. Buckbeak's appeal is coming up. It is going to take place at Hogwarts. Strange. With an executioner <clears throat> present. Strange. So it seems by the way this is being presented that the minds have already been made up due to Lucius Malfoy's influence, doesn't it? Yeah, and the kids like see this right away. Yeah, even a... Uh, they're just getting like little memos and updates, yeah. and they're still putting it together. Even 13-year-olds like, oh. see the writing on the wall here. Yes. So, oh, <clears throat> don't, don't don't come to us. We'll come to you. We'll bring the executioner along, and we'll give just you in a, case. We'll give you a fair appeal. Yeah. It doesn't. It seems like the deck is stacked unfairly against Hagrid and Buckbeak due to probably the large influence of Lucius Malfoy. And Draco is, after reeling from the Quidditch loss, he's back to being Draco again, too. Sees that he's causing, uh, I will say, <clears throat> hate. What, what is he? He's causing other people to feel bad, to have bad feelings, which is what his life's all about. Mm -hmm. It's what his character's here for, just to be he's, a jerk. He's proud of himself for getting this animal murdered. Mm hmm <sighs> It's like kids in 2020. The first thing they want to do is destroy things. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're out on the playground. They find something. Because the kids, like, the neighborhood kids use the playground over the weekend. And they'll leave a toy. And they'll find it. And the first thing they got to do is smash it. And stomp it. And just smash it all to pieces. So let's talk about these various finals that are coming up. Because it's interesting how the different finals are given. Because when we think of finals, we mainly think of paper pencil tests, or we think of tests in 2020 that are mainly on computers. That's because we didn't go to wizarding school, Dan. That's true. There may be like a, a speech final. You may have to give a like an oral speech or something like that. Mm -hmm. But or in some of the science classes, you might have to do a, a lab practicum type practice. Type. Yeah. Okay. Project. But this is very different the way these finals are given in transfiguration class you have mm -hmm. to turn a teapot into a tortoise yeah that sounds completely normal i did that in charms class you have to perform that cheering charm yay which worked all too well on ron and he had to, they had to stick him in a room for an hour yeah i kind of felt bad i was like oh we gotta practice on students who have to then go and do the you know perform later that's not good in Care of Magical Creatures class, Hagrid is very, very down, and so his final consists of keeping a flobberworm alive for an hour. Yeah. Which we just kind of had to have to let him just sit there. Yeah, just don't mess with him. It'll be fine. <laughs> Hagrid is in not in a very good mood to come up with a clever 
final for mm-hmm. care of magical creatures. That, and he's like afraid to do anything excess. You know, just anything too hard. Executioner's coming for the flower worms next. Maybe. Yona. Potions clash. They have to brew a confusing concoction, which Harry gets can, confused. Apparently, can't get right. Can't get thick thick enough or something yeah. like that. He thinks he gets a zero. Astronomy class is held at midnight, of course. That, yeah, that, I was like, what? You're doing all this, this studying and stressing, and then, yeah, you gotta stay up till midnight. And then in Lupin's Defense Against the Dark Arts class, we have to complete... <laughs> Wizard Ninja Warrior. We have to complete a Ninja Warrior <laughs> obstacle course of various ghoulies. And the Dada course is... Ends with a Boggart battle. So the Boggarts are back, Jessica. Yay! No, wait, what? Not yay? No, not yay. Uh, yay for Harry. Apparently, Harry yeah. did pretty well. I guess. Full marks. I guess the. Spoil alert. I'm guessing the uh, training that he's been getting from Lupin has been working. Yeah. Somebody who did not get great marks on the, op- the Ninja she Warrior. She did Obstacle good till the end. Uh, that would be Hermione. Just she did fine until the very end. She, Harry was watching, said she did great, but she, then she went in to do the battle of the Boger and uh, came out what screaming her, and crying. And what was her greatest fear, Jessica? Her oh, greatest fear in the whole world. McGonagall telling her that she failed all of her tests. Oh my goodness! Hey, uh, Ron screaming has, and hysterical. Ron she was tries hysterical. not to giggle about this. <laughs> Like, really? That's like the thing in the world you're most afraid of. The Dark Lord has been creeping around this school for the last three years. And you're worried about disappointing McGonagall and getting bad grades. Well, she's very stressed and all consumed with her tests right now. And always. Well, there's a lot going on at at Hogwarts, including the aforementioned appeal. I say that in, in jest. The appeal of Buckbeak. We get the impression that it's just going to be the eventual execution of Buckbeak and that we are just kind of burying the lead there. Cornelius Fudge is back at Hogwarts, Jessica, for Buckbeak's appeal and apparently his execution. Yeah, we didn't talk about his outfit. I was sad for you. I put in my notes that there was no mention of purple pointy boots. Yeah. So if we're going to have Cornelius Fudge, who is probably one of the more boring characters in the saga... (laughs) At least we could spice things up a little bit by talking about his boots. This seems like the perfect opportunity to remind everyone that this edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer is brought to you by our good friends over at podcorn.com. Not popcorn, podcorn, P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. Let me tell you a little bit about how we got hooked up with podcorn. As a burgeoning podcast here, sometimes it's hard to know how to take the next step in actually securing sponsorships and trying to monetize your podcast and take it to the next level. But Podcorn makes it easy as pie. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as hosts, read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. 
The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. Click the link in the show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities at podcorn.com. So the last exam is divination with Professor Trelawney, and she's doing things a little different too, taking in students one by one to see if they can read a crystal ball. Is that what they're yeah, doing? Yeah, and that was a little weird since they weren't even supposed to do that. Like she, well, I guess I don't know. She, they like she like moved that up. I guess so. Maybe they spent extra time on it, and that's why she's doing it. I just thought it was odd. Yeah, they hot she hot shotted it to the front of the curriculum, and yeah. now she's assessing them on it. it. Doesn't even seem like they've had that long to learn the skill. Yeah. But Trelawney does. Trelawney's a little bit of an odd duck. And some of the students are having varied degrees of successes, aren't they? Yeah. Well. It's kind of a weird class. Like, she kind of says, you either have this ability or you don't. Mm-hmm. But I guess you have to take the class to find out. But then it seems unfair to grade them on their ability to do it if they just don't have that ability. If it's something that you are inherently good at or inherently bad at, how can you really be assessed on it? If it's something you can't really get better at, I don't know. I- you just can or you can't. You either have the ability to do it or you don't. So it's not even like you could get better at it. Well, we know that Hogwarts is a weird school. It's like they... you have the third eye or you don't. You know how your mom does it? Yeah, my mom is the professes to be a soothsayer. Well, she's she's Professor Trelawney. Yeah, she's she's a little crazy. <laughs> But she reads tarot cards and lights. Burns her sage. Burns and, her sage. And which makes, makes Terry was choking on. Makes the, everybody's clothes stink. Perfume smoke. and. But some of the students are coming out and say, I saw this. I saw this. And Ron just makes up something. <laughs> Probably what I would do. If I didn't have the ability, then just, just be like, yeah, I saw. I'm not sure what it was. It looked like a butterfly. So he doesn't know if he actually fooled Trelawney, but he doesn't, he doesn't think he did, but he doesn't really care. He just no. kind of wants to be out of there, and he's starting more and more to agree with Hermione's assertion of the situation in that well, Trelawney's off a rocker. Well, as every kid was coming down from the test, they were, everybody else was going, well, so what, what is it? What'd you ask? What'd you get us? And they're all like, we can't tell you. She said, if we tell you something bad's going to happen to us. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> Ron was just like, how convenient. Exactly. Let's talk about Harry's experience, because he's the last one to uh, have his final with Trelawney. What happens with Harry's experience with the crystal ball? Well, he doesn't see anything. Didn't really expect to. He saw the Grim! No, he didn't! The Grim! Jessica, it's back! The Grim! No, Grim. So he he decides to, to take Ron's idea and kind of just make something up so he says he sees a shadow when she presses him he says it looks like a hippogriff and she gets all excited thinking he's seeing the outcome of the trial and what's going to happen and she's like does it have a head so you're kind of morbid was it writhing in pain on the ground was hagrid crying was there blood and harry's just like nope it flew away. <laughs> it's happy, it has a head, and it flew away. And so, 
you know, even Trelawney knows the, the likely outcome. And because he didn't see the what she thought was the likely outcome, he must not have been doing very well. Well, that's not the only thing that's a little off about this exam with Harry. Because just as Harry's mm-hmm. exam is ending, Trelawney has an invasion of the body statures moment. I haven't how, seen that movie. How have you? How would you describe uh, what happens to Trelawney at as Harry is uh, exiting his final? Well, yeah, she kind of has like she's in a trance ish. He says he looks like she's about to have a seizure. Eyes roll up. Have you ever seen she The Exorcist? Really, I've never seen it. I've seen the clips and spoofs and. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you right. know. You've seen a lot of parodies. People referencing it, sure. yes. Okay, that's just kind of what I what popped into my head. Just with less vulgar language. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. <clears throat> yeah, and she had like a deeper, raspy voice. Well, what was the, what was the overarching message of what she was saying? See, this is another one of those things I totally forgot about. Like I don't didn't remember this prophecy at all, or whatever you want to call, yeah, prediction prophecy. And it just he said that the Dark Lord was going to rise again. That one of his followers, his servant, is going to. It says the servant has been chained for twelve years, and before midnight tonight the servant will break free and rejoin his master and that's what's going to make the dark lord, dark lord rise again and i was really confused by that because obviously i know what's going to happen i see your book while you're talking there yeah this is mine different than yours it might be <clears throat> no it's the dark lord lies alone and friendless <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I skipped that part. He has no friends, Jessica. Oh, no friends. The Grim took well, them all. He's been a little out of touch, so he probably isn't on, like, Facebook or anything. Mm-hmm. So he probably doesn't have any friends. You got to get him logged in. So his, his servant is going to, you know, teach him how to do Facebook mm. is what the prediction means. Interesting. But I don't understand the chained part, so I'm a little confused by that. And I'm hoping it explains it, and I just forgot. I think I know what it is. <sighs> okay. We can't talk about it, No, though. we can't talk about it, but I, this is one time where I actually think I know what they're talking about. <laughs> Based on what I've seen in the movies. Well, I know I know who the friend is. Whoa, and where I the thought friend... we were doing spoilers here. Well, I just said I know where he is. Don't get all upset just because I know something that you don't. <laughs> but I don't know why he was chained. Or how. Well, or we are getting... How he gets uh, unchained well, or whatever. Apparently we're going to find out before midnight, Jessica. We are? Yeah. We're going to read another chapter? No. Oh. That's what the book said. The book said we're going to find out before midnight. So you will not have to wait long. But Buckbeak, uh, we get the news that he has lost his appeal, as if it wasn't already a foregone conclusion. Yeah, like the kids, it sounded like they were going to try and go down and help, or be there at least for moral support, but I'm not sure how they were going to do that, because they said it's against the rules for them to go out. And But then he miss, they miss it because of the, class t- the final test taking so long. Well, Buckbeak's uh, set to be executed at sunset, and... 
as you mentioned, the trio wants to be with Hagrid so he's not alone while he just sits there and waits the hours until the sun goes down and one of his uh, beloved animals is going to be executed. This unfortunate event, they decide to sneak out and the only way to do that would be with the invisibility cloak, which is uh, still trapped in uh, under the statue, the statue in the tunnel. Yep, he didn't want to go back and get it. Because he doesn't... Uh, he already Harry got kind of caught. Yeah, Harry doesn't want Snape to catch him in that hallway again. So Hermione decides to go. Yeah, like you can't go, but I can go. And when Ron brings up her recent slew of... I wrote unhermione e actions. <laughs> that is spelled U-N hyphen Hermione hyphen E. Unhermione E actions. She gets a little flattered. Yeah. Aw, thanks. Yeah. Like I'm I can do bad stuff too. And we know she can do bad stuff. She's been doing bad stuff every book. Yeah. Brews a potion she's not supposed to. She sneaks out with the boys. Yeah, she's been doing bad stuff every <coughs> book. But just like kind of mask it as like, I'm the responsible one. Nah. You're just as naughty as the other two boys, Hermione. I think she's, she's more careful about it, though. Don't, do you think that that's the trait? that? Because we always talk about how Hermione could have easily been put into Ravenclaw. Do you think this little bit of a... Uh, rule breakerness? Yeah, this, this little bit of a rule breaker streak in her... This little bit of a, um, you know, Rebel. by any means necessary attitude that we see every once in a while is kind of the little thing that pushes her into Gryffindor more than being a Ravenclaw. I don't know. By any means necessary would be more Slytherin. Yeah, that's true. Um, rule breaking. I mean, the boys have that trait, but that would also be a little... Slytherin-ish, too. No, I think she'll show us later how brave she is. So the trio go to visit Hagrid, who is a mess, as you would expect. But and not crying and not blubbering like they expected. No, just He's shaky just kind of, and... Yeah, lost and doesn't know what to do with in himself. In a trance, almost. And Hagrid doesn't want them to get caught on account of him. They want uh, Hagrid wants the trio to go back to the castle because if... Minister of Magic sees you there, and if Dumbledore sees you there, all these people that are all these important people that are going to be at the hut very shortly, they could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I kind of was thinking about that where he was saying it, and you know, if they got caught there, yes, they would be in trouble, and they're kind of like, we don't care, we just want to be with you and support our friend. But Hagrid would probably also get into trouble, and they probably don't need to bring any more trouble down on Hagrid, mm -hmm. you know. So I was kind of like. Wait, I wish they could have seen that side of it, but they were too distracted with other things. Well, for the next storytelling element to take place, the they needed to be in the hut because we come across an almost forgotten character. While oh, we're yeah, in I Hagrid's forgot again. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we? Yes. Who did we end um, up uh, seeing in Hagrid's hut? In the cupboard, in the old extra milk jug, mm -hmm. is hiding scabbers. And he looks awful. He does not, like, you thought Scabbards looked a little run down before. A little rough around the ears. <laughs> he uh, does not look in good shape. He is going nuts. He's not Balding. happy. Balding. He's, he's like, not happy to see Ron. He's 
squeaking, he's flailing, he's biting. But it is Scabbers. So Scabbers did not get eaten by Crookshank. Nope. The, the cat was falsely accused. But this is around the time that Dumbledore and Cornelius Fudge and the Executioner show up. And the trio, they need to sneak back inside the castle. Yeah, so mainly so they don't get caught. But there's also kind of alluded to the fact that they don't want to be there. Well, Hagrid doesn't want them to see it. Right. See the actual act of it. And, and Hermione kind of finally, suddenly, was like, yeah, no, I don't want to see this. We need to go. Yeah, we needed to be there for him. But now that I think about it, this could be a very traumatizing thing yeah. to see for a 13-year-old. I don't want to see this. Yeah, she she gets kind of, she's almost begging the boys, we, can we go, can we go? Well, they're having a hard time getting back in because of Scabbers' behavior and Ron having to kind of keep stopping and regather Scabbers and... yeah try to keep his voice down and, and get back into the castle. And then we hear the swish of the axe, the thud of the axe. And according to what Hermione tells us, the deed is done. Dun, dun, dun. So I guess that chapter... Uh, the happy chapter? The happy chapter 15, I guess that was... Uh, short-lived because we're back to having every chapter and on a downer thanks jk rowling um the next chapter might not be so bad uh-huh man what's, what? what's the name of the next chapter a cat a rat and a dog so there's animals in there yeah and they'll probably all die at the end. No, 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 no. The Grim no. will get them. The Grim. <sighs> it's coming. The Grim. Man, the a very emotional chapter. The especially the last couple pages, mm-hmm. where Harry, Ron, and Hermione and Scabbers are kind of trying to beat the clock and get into the castle before this bad thing happens. And it's so it's so hard to do in a book where you're kind of like your heart's kind of going a little bit, but it really got my heart going a little bit. And then when J.K. Rowling describes the the swish and the thud, just like my heart just like all of a sudden just dropped, and it was, um, I mean, just the. Very a very sad scene, but the storytelling of it and the way it was presented in such a way that not only could you visualize what was happening, happening, see that movie playing in your head, like I always tell the kids at school, you know, a good writer can make you see that movie playing in your head, but also make you feel like you're there, make you feel invested emotionally, and you know, when you get your heart rate going to get you uh, invested physically Mm. as well. It's just so well done. It is. It's unfortunate that that's the kind of scene that we get, but it's just so well done. It's just, it's, you know, you could see why these books have connected with people and will connect with people for probably the next, you know, 100 years. We'll be talking about these books like people, you know, talk about, you know, Mark Twain and Shakespeare. Hopefully with less racism. 
like in, in the Mar in the case of Mark Twain, hopefully there'll be less racism involved. See, I'm a little jealous because um, this is a big scene, but like I said, it's been a long time since I've read the books, and I I'm not watching any of the movies while we're doing this process. Even though they are on all the time, all the time, I watch none of the movies while we were doing this. But still, while reading this those last couple of pages, I was still picturing the scene from the movie. Mm -hmm. And it plays out very differently. And I don't know, it's just hard to remember, I guess. And I know some people are like shaking their heads. No, it's not. The, the book's so much better. And I remember. But because I haven't read the material or seen the movies in a while, it's kind of all mushing together in my head. And so I was waiting for things to happen the way they happen in the movie. I'm like, well, where's this part? Where's this part? Why, wait, okay, so I'm waiting for the something to happen and change the course of the events. And it never came. So I was a little distracted, I think. I couldn't get into it like you got to get mm -hmm. into it. Oh man, I got way too into it. Like. It got a little dusty. It got Aww. a little dusty in here. I think it's allergies. Uh huh. Uh -huh. It's, it's it's snowing out right now. Yeah, and like I said, allergies, allergies to the allergies snow. I'm allergic to the snow, so it makes my eyes water up a little bit. Uh huh. Plus, it's it's very dusty in here. Like oh. you should you should do some dusting. Okay. Like because you know you know I'm allergic to dust dust mites, and it makes my eyes water up a little bit. Like when we were watching that thing on Disney Plus the other day about the kid who helping the homeless. <laughs> a little dusty in here, Jessica. That's a couple days in a row that's been a little. Yeah, it's getting to you. A little, du little dusty in here. Guess Might it's be time, time for a little winter cleaning here. Yeah. I can't know if I can wait till the spring. It's making <laughs> it's making me leak. So what what happens though if I if I dust this afternoon and then we we watch a movie tonight? What movie are we watching? <laughs> If it's a, if there's a dog in it, I'm not watching, because you always make me watch these things where the dog always has to die at the end because people are horrible storytellers and they can't tell a good story without killing the dog at the end of the movie. <laughs> the last one was set in the past, so the dog just isn't alive anymore. Okay. You don't kill the dog off. He just it was set in the past, like way in the past. Anything else you want to say about chapter 16? Because I got a surprise for you. You got a surprise for me? Mm -hmm. Well, now I don't want to talk about it. I just want to get to the surprise. We got an email. <gasps> really? Mm -hmm. Mary in Baltimore writes, Jessica, if Hermione was a Quidditch player, what position would she play? Ooh. Hermione's not a big That's fan a of... That's a stretch. She's not a big fan of flying. No, she's not. Uh, she does get into the Quidditch matches a little bit. Yeah, she they, she likes to watch them. She's excited. Well, she likes to cheer her friends on, at least. Um, well, let's run through the, the roster here. I think she'd overthink everything too much. We've got... Like I'm about to do. We've got Keeper. Yeah. No, I don't think so. We've got Seeker. Maybe Seeker, because she could, like, kind of... Think it out and logic. Well, if I check this section and that section, she could be very meticulous about it. <laughs> I think that might be a bad thing. Like, I know. Like, like <laughs> Seeker <laughs> is like all about like instinct and quick decisions. Yeah, but I and... think she might go for that because 
I think the snitch would be all the way on the other side of the of the pitch, and she was saying, "No, I checked it makes that sense time. that it would be here because <laughs> I did. I worked out a formula <laughs> of an anticipation formula have where an it algorithm. should be, and it should be here. And the um, next thing you know, the match is over and they've lost. She would probably invent some kind of like little snitch detecting charm or something." Now what about that would be cheating. What about a beater? I know she's not like the brawniest of of ladies, but uh, yeah, she's, was, she's got a little. She likes to throw hands a little bit. We saw in the, in the last chapter. So when when you get her, if you get her worked up, I bet she could uh, swing a mean bludger. Yeah, I was thinking about that right when we were discussing uh, Seeker. My next one was going to be Beater because um, yeah, she could get out some frustrations, mm-hmm. some stress relief. I think that'd be good for her too with the uh, with the, the large amount of uh, classwork she's taken. Mm-hmm. You know, a little exercise. You know, as uh, Elle Woods taught us. Exercise creates endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. <laughs> and happy people don't shoot their husbands. That's true. So, uh, what else? We And we've got Chaser. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think she'd really do Chaser. I think we'd have to stick with Beater. I'm going with actually. Beater. I'm going with Beater. I think I... If she could just get past that pesky not liking to fly thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is mm-hmm. kind of a deal breaker if you're going to be a uh, on the Quidditch pitch. So uh, thanks to Mary for sending us an email. And you can always email us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or tweet us at broomsticksb, broomsticks followed by the letter B, no spaces, no underscores, anything like that. And we'll give you a shout out on air and read your thoughts and answer your questions. So I think that's going to do it for Chapter 16. Uh, Thanks to our friends at Podcorn. For sponsoring this episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer, check them out at podcorn.com. If you have a podcast and you are starting to collect more listeners and you want to start to uh, reap the financial rewards from that, sometimes it's hard to secure sponsorships, but Podcorn makes it easy. Check them out at podcorn.com, and we are so happy that they are the sponsor of this show. Thanks, everybody, for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We will be back next time with Chapter 17 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Until next time, I am your Hufflepuff host, Dan Rhino. And I'm your Ravenclaw host, Jessica Rhino. We'll see you next time. Bye.